Christmas. How exciting. The exciting in it. Well, I love Christmas. I know you do, honey. <laughs> but maybe the listeners don't. So if you're listening to this. I love you Christmas. You know that I, Louisa Morris, love Christmas so mm. much. One, two, one, two, three, four. Oh. Oh. And Merry Christmas to you. It's the Christmas episode of Talk Birthday With Us, the weekly podcast hosted by me, Ellie. And me, Louisa. As a reminder, we are Father Christmas Elves. We are Birthing Box Nature Doulas. We are... Go on, you've got it in ya. I don't know what else we are. We are everything. We are everything you could ever wish for. We are what you would want for Christmas. Oh yeah, um, wrapped up under your Christmas tree. And we are the co-founders of New Birth Club. And on this week's episode, we have our Talk Birthy With Us Christmas special. An episode where we're answering all the most frequently asked questions when it comes to birth. Our weekly catch-up does heavily feature food, as is to be expected of the time of year, it's Christmas! Plus, we thought long and hard as to what we could give you, the listeners, as a present this year, and we think we've got just the thing. We take a look back on all of New Birth Club's achievements over 2023, including launching this podcast. And we also take a sneak peek as to who's coming up in the podcast in 2024. So settle in, grab yourself a mince pie, maybe a little sherry or a non-alcoholic beverage beverage for all the pregos and come and talk birthday with us. In light of Christmas, this being our Christmas special, I'm wearing a Christmas hat, but nothing else festive. I'm wearing my NBC Christmas jumper saying Love this. Christmas lights and reproductive rights. Oh, yeah. And the story behind the jumper is that last year I could not find a Christmas jumper that I loved, so I made my own. Yeah. NBC style. This is excellent. This yeah. is excellent. And I think a good lesson can be learned here. If you can't find the stuff easily that you need in your pregnancy, birth or postpartum journey, it means you're going to have to do a little bit of your own work here. You know, go and find the extra support, go and find the extra bits that aren't standard. You know, you're worth yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Weekly. Catch up. Finn's school is having, so yesterday was Christmas jumper day because it was their Christmas dinner, which he bloody loved, by the way. Yeah, nice. Um, today he had his Christmas party. Ooh. So it's not a Christmas jumper. Don't wear a Christmas jumper. It's not Christmas jumper day, but wear something Christmassy. Oh, Christmas oh, party. oh, like. Makes sense, doesn't it? Did you wrap him up in uh, like lights? Like, no, I stuck a hat on his head and went, there you go, kid. Off you go. <laughs> Have a great time. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. He went out for a Christmas work do didn't we oh we did yeah 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 oh yes i think food needs to be featured quite highly in this episode i completely agree yes let's remember what we had it was um the focaccia drenched 
And when I say drenched, it really was drenched in oil. Beautiful. Uh, With, what was that? It was capolata. So it was a mix of pine nuts, aubergines, olives, uh, tomato. It was just delicious. And that's on top of that lovely, like homemade focaccia drenched in olive oil. That was just delicious, but not happy with our one starter. We got a second starter, didn't we? Because we are pigs. Well, it's just to be expected. It's Jan. It's December. It's um. Yeah. During the lead up to Christmas. Yeah. We we sort of um preparing the stomach lining here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we need to like stretch the stomach a little bit so that it doesn't let us down when we are actually. Like on Christmas Day, for example, where we will be eating loads. So we ordered some mushroom arancini, didn't we? So if you're listening to this and you don't know what arancini is, like you need to go out more and get yourself some arancini. So arancini is arancini is deep fried risotto. Mm -hmm. So. I think what what Itali- Italians do is that they if they have leftover risotto, they essentially use to make it to make arancini with it. So you get risotto, you make risotto bowls with it, and then you just coat it in lovely breadcrumbs, and then you deep fry the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, and it's just fucking delicious. So we had that. That was delicious as well. I love an arancini, but particularly mushroom arancini is my fave. Me too. My absolute fave. Um, and then for main course, oh, that was really nice as well. Can we take a... Me- well, we had chicken. Yeah. But it was but like a was any chicken. Yeah, chicken roulade. What was inside the chicken? I uh, don't know. I think it was like stuffing, wasn't it? Wasn't it like with a little bit of bacon, maybe? Oh, I don't know. It was just delicious. It was delicious, but can we just take a moment for those potatoes? Oh my God, the potatoes! Yes. Oh my God. <gasps> so it was like potato soup, if you will, potatoes yeah. that were cooked just so wonderfully that actually really reminded me of how my gran, how my granny used to cook potatoes. Yeah. So they were peeled. They were not roasted, but they were like boiled, but just probably to perfection. But they came out in this bowl that was full of melted butter. So they came in this soup of melted butter. Oh, God, alive. That was so delicious. And then that little herby salad with it as well. With that, it was like a wine dressing. Mm. Um. It was just delicious. Like everything together was just delicious. It was um, so and then for dessert, we had we each had a different dessert. Um, Ellie is not fond on bananas. Mm-hmm. She does not like bananas, which is not fine. So, but you love a fruity dessert, mm-hmm. and luckily they could please us both. Oh yeah, they and they did, <laughs> and they did. They did. So. I had a banoffee pie, a posh banoffee pie that was delicious, creamy, like so creamy, just the right amount of banana, because sometimes banana, I, I agree, like banana cannot just overpower stuff, but yeah, oh, just the right amount, it was just delicious, and then you had 
I had a mandarin sorbet that was served to me in the mandarin. So like in the shell, the skin of the mandarin was this beautiful sorbet that tasted, well, very mandarinish. Oh, um, good. And it was just, yeah, it was beautiful. I couldn't finish it actually because it was just a little bit, you know. Mm. It was yum, yum, yum. And should we talk about the best part of this meal? Oh, go on then. <laughs> we had a little spritz to start with, didn't we? They had like a little, um, not a festive. Do you know what? I would have actually liked it had it been like a little festive spritz. I was yeah. thinking about it the other day. If it had been like a little mulled wine spritz, I would have yeah. been so sold on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're too posh for it, though, to like to, to bow to the festivities. They're like, fuck the outside world. This is what we do because we are posh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, we're, you know, fine. So um, we that. White wine, elderflower spritz, and it was that was delicious and just the perfect way to start the evening. It, yeah, it was just perfect, light, fruity, just like just enticing the palate, ready for the meal. Hmm. And then, as we were having chicken and our meal was getting a bit more robust, hmm. we decided to go for some red wine. So we got a bottle. Yeah, which is not what I like. I'm not a massive white wine drinker and I know people will be going yeah hang on you had chicken so you had red wine like we're not into the no. pairings like that's not us we like what we like we wanted some red wine okay don't yeah. at us but this restaurant is particularly posh I would say yeah. now don't get us wrong we're on a doula's salary so we got an early bird special um but it is so posh that the wine it didn't we couldn't even decipher which one was red white well you knew but I wasn't convinced well, I was guessing because I was just like well I'm pretty sure in Spanish like this means that so like if this is in Italian I think that this is what it means so we were guessing and then we were googling yeah we were trying to google and then eventually we just had to say look we'd like a bottle of red wine <laughs> um we got that bottle of red wine didn't we yeah, we chose the cheapest one, which now I regret deeply, but we chose... The I think it was all right. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, like, the wine was excellent. Oh, but now I regret, regret it. Mm. The part that I'm getting is that they forgot to add the bottle of wine to our bill. We didn't say it. We didn't say anything. Are we naughty? Are people going to report us? I don't think anyone will care, to be honest. We got a free bottle of Planck. Yeah. I Love think you, I will call it a Christmas miracle. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is exactly what it was. And that was our, our, it was the company, the company's Christmas party for us, wasn't it? Which I know that your, your husband had some views on. Yeah. He was like, no, but it's, but it's not a company's Christmas party because you're paying for it. And I was like, yeah, but it's my company. So <laughs> it is a company's Christmas you're party. You're going out for a work Christmas do. Yeah, exactly. And then he was like, yeah, but my company's paying for it. And I was like, so is mine. Well, you're currently still on call, right? I am, but... How does that feel at this stage in December? Because we've both done it and we've both gone, not going to do that again. Well, but that's it, isn't it? Like, I was not going to take... Like, I took December off last year and I was planning on taking the full December off this year as well. But... My wonderful client comes from a family whom I've supported already, her two sisters and her cousin. So I could not have said no to her. Um, 
And it looks like things might have started to happen because I had a lovely little message this morning to say that things are moving along. But yeah, it, it doesn't make it, it is hard. I find, I find really, because of my festive spirits and my love for Christmas, I'm not going to lie, I do personally find it hard to be on call in December. Um, and, but it's something that it's a decision that I made. So I am here and I'm ready for this baby to be born. And as soon as the baby's born, maybe I'm going to go and buy myself some smoked salmon and a bottle of fizz. Yeah. Love that. I love that. I was on call for Christmas last year. Um, and baby, uh, uh, made their appearance actually on probably the perfect day for me <laughs> um we got christmas day out of the way there was a there was a real fear that this baby was going to come on christmas day and for any doulas that are listening who have supported on christmas day and you're trying to split your attention and your presence between your children your family loved ones that you're spending christmas with and the person on the end of the you know the phone who is going through the challenges of the waiting period or who is thinking oh is this something going on it's really hard but we got through Christmas day my client was so wonderfully relaxed and calm and just ready for you know this is what I'm happy to wait so we're just gonna wait and we're gonna see and baby made their appearance on the day before New Year's Eve love mm. It was nice. It was nice. Christmas Day, Boxing Day, the day after, the day after that, the day after that. And then the baby was born. It's coming up to her birthday soon. Yeah. She's going to be one. Oh. Which is mental to me. Like, how has that been a year? Um, the Christmas sales have already started, by the way. Um, and I just found... Christmas uh, sales, did you say? Yeah, there's loads of things on sale already for Christmas. So I'm getting the dog a, an advent calendar, like a reusable advent calendar for next year. I'm already making good use of all of this stuff that's coming to me. All right. Let's do this. And we are broadcasting from a pub today. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Antenatal sessions. And because we are in between appointments, we just thought, let's go for some lunch and then we can record a little potty. And that's what we're doing. You can join us for our Christmas lunch. What did we have for lunch, Louisa? Oh, we both had ham, egg and chips. Mm. And it was just delicious. A staple. Why make things more complicated if they are perfectly fine when they're simple? And I think that translates to birth too. Oh, yeah. Make birth simple. Okay, so our talk birthday with us topic, it's not really a topic, it's going to be a little bit different because it is our Christmas special. Christmas special! Um, we thought we would answer our most frequently asked questions about birth and such. <laughs> so we've got a list, hopefully we'll get through them all. I think the number one question that a lot of pregos out there want a response to is how the hell do I avoid having interventions during my labour? Mm. This is such a topical one as well because we've just had the maternity statistics Ooh, yeah. released which I'm sure we might have a chat about at some point but yeah interventions are at an all-time high. Understandably people don't want to be saying like categorically no to all interventions and we're never an advocate that you do so like obviously when it's indicated you know 
that's fine. Well-timed interventions save lives is what they're there for. I think the problem nowadays is that they are overused and they're causing more harm than good. Yeah. And this is what we try to say to people. Um, there's nothing wrong with having interventions. It's more about knowing what interventions are right for you. Yeah. So in terms of how do I avoid interventions, I think it's really kind of like following on from what we've just said. I think what's really important to say is that you don't need to avoid interventions. Remember that you are in the driving seat of your birth. You are in control. You should be the sovereign of your birth. So if anybody is trying to push you to go down a certain route that doesn't feel right and that is something that you do not want to do, you shouldn't be having to avoid that situation. You should re feel really comfortable in your role as being the sovereign of your birth, the person who's taking control, to say, no thank you, doesn't feel right for me right now. I'm informed, I've made an informed choice based on my circumstances, based on what you've told me, based on what my baby's health currently tells me and what my instinct tells me. It's, it's not the right thing to do. You don't need to avoid anything. It's about making decisions that are right for you. And also, I think we just need to talk about the fact that a no thank you, it doesn't have to be a no forever. And sometimes it's just a, oh, I'm not too sure I'm well informed enough on this subject for me to make a decision that I feel 100% happy with. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, I'm going to go ahead and say, I need more time to explore this. Mm -hmm. um, have you got any studies that I can look at? Or have you got any information that I can look at? Come home, then do some of that yourself as well. Maybe reach out to other birth workers, get some other input, learn about the subject, and then make a decision. Obviously, this is antenatally. Yeah. When it comes to your birth experience, is then making sure that you are getting the enough information from your caregivers that make you feel comfortable enough to say yes or no to whatever is being offered to you. So this is why having a strong birth team is so important because you shouldn't be the one to be thinking about all of these questions. Um, the information should be brought to you. Your, your birth team needs to facilitate that for you as well so that you can navigate your journey the best way that you possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. I think when it comes to interventions, it's really, it's really easy to see how the more easily available they are and more accessible they are, the more likely they're going to be used. So it, it makes total sense to say, if you are really keen to avoid all interventions, it makes sense to choose to birth in a place where those interventions are less likely to happen. Oh yeah. So we're thinking about clearly, if you're in a, if you're in a central delivery suite on the labour ward in the hospital, that is statistically where we see the most uh, interventions being used during the birthplace. If you don't want to do that, maybe stepping away from that. So then we're looking at, you know, uh, attached to hospital midwife-led units, the statistics go down a little bit. Then standalone birth centres, the statistics go down again. And where are they the least high in intervention rates? At home. At home. Home is where birth is, and home is where birth used to happen fairly frequently, not that long ago. Uh, but somehow the, the practice changed, changed, changed so much over the years, and we haven't actually seen 
much benefit in taking birth away from home and moving it into a hospital setting. Very much like you were saying, Ellie, we know that just by stepping foot outside of our house, we are more open to interventions and complications as well that come with the environments that, that we've got or the people that we've got supporting us. Um, but yeah, that's one of the ways that you can avoid interventions. Also doing some pretty comprehensive preparation for your birth. Uh, but we can't ignore the fact that you could do all of that. You may stay home. You may um, prepare for your birth like, and do loads of reading and studying and whatever that looks like for you. But if you don't trust your body to do the thing that it's been designed to do, then once again, you are leaving yourself more open to interventions. Yeah. You've got to work on your mindset. You have got to work on the trust that you've got in yourself, your body and your baby. Yeah in order for you to avoid interventions. That's um, non-negotiable. 100%, and that's not necessarily easy. And I guess like another simple, effective and tangible way to avoid interventions is to have a birth preferences like list. Mm. What, whatever you want to call it, it was, it was your birth plan, birth preferences, personalised care plan. By having one, you are already setting boundaries with your caregivers and making sure that your birth team is once again helping you um, to make those birth preferences like valid and heard um, whilst you're navigating your labour as yeah. well. For anything sure. else? Anything else that people can do? I think it's quite comprehensive. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries yes. I mean, it goes hand in hand with what you've just said, um, you know, having that set of birth preferences. But in your own mind, you know, I, we suggest to clients, don't we, you set your boundaries earlier for yourself. Mindset-wise, that's going to be massive because if you've decided with yourself in pregnancy you know for example I'm not going to be looking to be looking to accept any um, induction or anything until 41 plus or 42 plus you know whatever yeah and um, it's less likely that you'll get you know it's, it's so much more likely that you're going to be able to handle conversations about starting that process earlier on with less like kerfuffle it's not even going to be so much of an argument if you set that boundary with yourself in advance absolutely most asked question number two this is one that we get asked all of the time how do we get my partner on board with a home birth <laughs> we get it asked all, yep. all the time <clears throat> yeah yeah we really do you do understand it because my partners, my partners, my partner, Ooh, <laughs> you know me, <laughs> what a dirty bitch. Um, my partner at the start, when, I, when we started talking about home birth, he was like, no way, no way, Jose, I want to be where the doctors are. And I'm like, well, that's a you issue. Mm. Um, and it is really hard because obviously, yes, it is your body and but it's both of your babies so you're kind of like trying to navigate all of that and you're trying to navigate your own um emotions around it and also you know the fact of the matter is most of us do want to be supported by our partners in labor yeah like, of course we do. we do yeah of course we do so you do want to everyone to be on the same page or at least kind of sort of like sort of on reading the same book at mm -hmm. least but it did like the the matter of fact is that you don't have, they don't have to be on the same page as you. Yeah, we strongly believe that simply being a partner to somebody who is pregnant doesn't guarantee you the promotion to birth partner. No. Like, you, you, 
The fact of the matter is, you it's not your responsibility when you're pregnant and growing a baby, it's not your responsibility to convince anyone else of what it is that you want and what is going to be right for you. Yeah. Ultimately, whilst your partner can be an incredible source of support, they cannot birth your baby for you. Yeah. Only you can do that. And for it to be a physiological process, which requires little to no intervention, which is what most people are hoping or planning for, you need to feel safe, you need to feel comfortable, and you need to be doing this in a place that feels most conducive to that process for you. So if your partner is saying, no, I don't, I don't really want to be at home, but you hate the idea of going into a hospital, you're at a bit of a impasse here. Like there's a bit of a a, a difficult situation yeah. because who's going to win out? And it is sadly, I see a lot of the time, the partner's wishes winning out. Yeah, why though? It's because like you are the one that is going to be going through the process of labour. So if you put yourself in a position where you feel uncomfortable, where you are in a place where you don't want to be, that is probably going to put you and your body through a, a, a disruption of the process of labour because you are now in a place where it, it messes with your emotional well-being, your mammalian brain has got like all sorts of alarms going off because you are not where you want to be. So it is your body going through labour, so your decision has to be the final one. And if they feel uncomfortable with that, they have to deal, they have to learn how to deal with those feelings mm -hmm. and they have to show up to support you or they have to get the fuck out of the bathroom. Quite a controversial or an unpopular opinion, but that, those are the facts, you know, like if you don't feel you're birthing in the place where you want to birth, it's not going to be an easy process for you. And whilst it might make your partner feel more comfortable being where you've chosen to be, it, it's not going to help them get their baby here any yeah. easier. So everyone wins by making sure that they respect the physiology. But in terms of some more practical tips, helping them to become informed, because it is likely yeah. that they are operating this idea, this misbelief that home birth is completely unsafe, um, it's likely that this is just due to years and years of hearing mistruths. You know, the safest place to have a, you know, have your baby is in the hospital. That, that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, like them feeling unclear on the process of birth. You know, them feeling like they don't really understand how to help, so they want the more like you know birth is depicted as a medical event that is how they're going to be seeing it who are they going to want to help them a doctor it makes sense it yeah. all makes sense so helping them to become informed by reading things like birthplace study there is an incredible book which i'll link in the show notes called why home birth matters which has got loads of not only stats and um, evidence but actually you know partners anecdotal sort of uh, insights which yeah. can be quite helpful but also considering potentially adding another member to your birth team such as a doula or or an independent midwife or you know another birth worker um, or at least seeking a power hour sometimes when you know with the dynamics of the relationship that you're in day to day you know sometimes it's like well you've not done this before either so how do you know so much yeah. stuff like maybe it needs to come from an external party to help them feel a bit more reassured and then maybe they can get on board. Yeah, absolutely. And doing 
all of the above. What you might want to avoid doing is taking your partner to an obstetrician appointment and asking the obstetrician to validate um, your choices of birthing at home. We've said it before, I will say it again. Unless your obstetrician has had a home birth themselves, that will never be their birthplace of choice because it's a place where they don't have any control over what's happening to you. And I know that may come across as like an extreme suggestion or idea and I'm not mouthing off the medical, system, the medical professionals. I'm just being realistic. Do not expect any um, support or confirmation from a medical team if they are more used to hospital births. Um, but yeah, there's that. Essentially, you don't need to convince anyone that your idea is a good idea, um, but they need to understand that if they want to be in the room, they will have to put in some hard work as well. And maybe, let's flip that, it's maybe their job to show you why being in a hospital setting would be better for you. Why do you have to prove that being at home is the best thing for you? The next question that we often get um, asked is is a big baby a good enough reason to be induced or some something around that around yeah. big babies at induction. Well, I've just had a scan like they're estimating that my baby is going to be on the 99th percentile <laughs> now they're saying that there won't be enough room that I won't be able to get the baby out. And they're so telling they're me my vagina is so small. Yeah. Um, is it a justification for induction? The short answer is no. That's not just us saying that. That is backed up in the NICE guidelines. Solely an estimation of a baby's birth weight being on the higher side is not a, justi a clinical justification for induction. You may also find that information in the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists um, where they clearly state that a suspected big baby it's not a good enough reason for you to be induced. It literally says it every everywhere that you may look for this information. It tells you no, 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 because an induction of labor, one, it's impossible to know how much your baby weighs via the means of getting measurements on a scan. Yeah. Um, uh, they're very well known for giving, for overestimating or underestimating your baby's weight by up to, what is it, 20%? 15, 20%? 15%, I think, which can be up to a pound's worth in difference. Yeah. It's, it's or over a pound. The error, yeah. It's, if we had a pound for every single family that we've worked with that were told that they were going to have like a gigantic Godzilla baby, and then that baby came out at very average, seven and a half, eight pounds, we would not be sat in a pub in Somerset drinking free water. We would. <laughs> I've got free water. We would be in the Bahamas having cocktails on the beach. Just me and Ellie, no kids, mm. just us, just sunbathing in silence. That's what we should have done for Christmas presents. I know. Oh my goodness, yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially, no. And. Without any other health concerns for yourself or your baby, we also have to normalize big babies. Mm. Like a big baby sometimes is just that, it's a big baby. Mm. What we do know as well is that the complications that can arise during labor 
and that may be linked to a big baby. It's more to do with the fear surrounding mm. a big baby from your caregiver and how they may choose to manage your labor. So maybe continuous fetal monitoring, which reduces your mobility, that may put you on the bed so you have less space in your pelvis. Uh, or maybe that induction of labor because your baby can't possibly grow in for any longer and they, your baby needs to come out now. All of these things, they may increase your chances of experiencing complications during labor. Yeah. And none of them are necessarily linked to a big baby. We're concerned about baby getting here safely and we're concerned about baby being alive and being healthy. We are not taking into consideration the opposite risks, we're not allowing them to complete the process of pregnancy, which is going to put them in the best physiological state to undertake all of those changes that happen the moment they make it to us earthside, you know? We always have to be balancing the chances of things potentially happening with the things that we know could impact that baby and that mother beyond the birth. Last but not least, just remember that your vagina is massive. Oh yeah. Your massive. vagina can stretchy. Stretchy. It can get big. big. It can house mm -hmm. a big baby. Mm -hmm. It can house an average baby. It can house a small baby. Mm -hmm. And it will just it's very unlikely that anyone will ever grow a baby that is too big for them to bath them vaginally uh, in the absence of any other health complications. Yeah, exactly that. Um, and there's that. There's, and there's enough, that. enough said. I think more and more families are being told they're having big babies. Like, we hear it all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the answer is no. It's not a good enough reason. We're going to make this question Christmassy. Oh. Because oh, it's, it is Christmassy. It's Christmassy. It's Christmas coming up. It will be. So, normally, what people go is like, are there any foods that I need to avoid? So, mm. maybe let's make this a Christmas edition question <laughs> are there any christmas food any to christmas avoid? food to avoid there are going to be a number of foods that are not recommended for pregnancy yeah and when you understand the reasons for that you can make your own choice as to whether you are willing to accept that chance of something happening or not you know do i want this pate enough to risk my baby getting poorly from it Pate is liver. Animal pate is made from liver, yeah. which contains high levels of vitamin A, which has been linked to birth defects, right? Yeah. So, if you do not want to take that chance, that risk, maybe avoid pate. Like, no one can tell you what you can and can't do. You're, you know, you're your own being. And also what we have to think about with all of the foods that can be, oh, you mustn't have, you know, it was not that long ago that we were saying you can't have eggs in pregnancy. Very true. Eggs are a very good source of protein, protein of loads of different yeah. things, like which could actually be beneficial for you and your baby during pregnancy. And then the research changed, the evidence changed, and we're like, oh, actually, no, do eat egg, do eat egg in pregnancy. It's too much to keep up, keep up with. And who are we, who's like, who are we placing that that? power and that control with putting yourself in the driving seat always is going to be the absolute best thing that you can do yeah but in terms of christmas there are <laughs> going to be a lot of foods that we are maybe not used to eating or maybe not used to eating in such great quantities <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely me <laughs>
a very, very, yes. very common one. And it's also um, one that is been confusing pregnant people for ages. Can I eat blue cheese? Can I not eat blue cheese? Can I eat pasteurized cheese? Can I not? Look at the, um, look at the research, look at the evidence. Some unpasteurized animal products are not recommended for you in pregnancy because they haven't gone through that process to remove potential bacteria which could yeah. be harmful for you or your baby we want to avoid you getting things like food poisoning getting sick because that's also going to impact your baby again you know it's just about understanding why or why you wouldn't want to accept this thing yeah accept this chance accept this risk and making a decision that's right for you yeah always Basically, if you're choosing to deprive yourself of certain things uh, this Christmas because of pregnancy, we are sorry, you know, we're with you. It is short-lived, you know, next yeah. year will be a different situation. You'll be able to indulge even more. It's We totally understand why people make those decisions. We just want to encourage you, like everything else, to yeah. get informed and make decisions from yeah. a place of knowledge. That are right for you. We didn't even mention booze though. Oh yeah, booze, obviously. <laughs> well, look, again, what has the, you know, it used to be okay to have maybe one or two, yeah. and now it's not okay to yeah. have any. We do not, because again, this is women's health issues generally, <laughs> we do not have anyone who's wanting to invest in doing any comprehensive studies. Yeah, it so, is unethical to study well, women yeah, and you babies can't, yeah, you exactly. can't be you like can't hey guys like, could this group drink loads yeah. yeah and then this group not drink we, we, we can't really i think what basically the nhs guidance is now is erring on the side of caution yeah. so we just want to make sure because you know high alcohol use during pregnancy has been linked with low birth weights we want to avoid that so perhaps we just take a zero tolerance approach again yeah. If that's what is right for you, go for it. Do we think you should get absolutely sloshed whilst pregnant during Christmas? Absolutely not. <laughs> if you are choosing to engage in one glass of bubbles, you do you, honey. You do you, honey bunny. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, so our final frequently asked question. Is? This is one that is, um, it's not so much frequently asked, but it does come up a lot in a way of like, what, you know, like it's that, that thought process is there. So we thought we'd include it. Yeah. And, and that is, if you are choosing to birth outside of guidelines, if you don't accept that induction, if you don't go to that consultant appointment, if you don't go and get that scan, or if you don't ring your midwives when you're giving birth and choose to go it's alone. Yeah. Am I going to get reported? Am, am I, I going to get in trouble? Yeah, am I going to get into trouble? People genuinely have been told this by midwives. You're choosing to do that. We're yeah. going to have to report you to social services. That is illegal. Bullshit. Illegal. Absolutely not true. It is illegal for them to tell you that. They cannot report you to anyone. Until your baby is born, you and them have your human rights you can yeah. and that allows and protects your right to choose whatever you want for your health and your well-being and your care that you receive yeah the nhs maternity services 
are not obligatory, they are not mandatory. You cannot be dragged in in this country against your will to birth under <laughs> what their protocol states. Yeah. You can choose to do whatever it is that you want to do. If that means opting in certain parts, go for it. If that means yep. opting out of certain parts, that's fine. Yeah. Also, you don't have to notify anyone of your pregnancy. The only legal requirement that we have is to notify whatever the the legal authorities are of that the birth of your baby. Been born. Yeah. So hopefully that will clear it up because yeah. that is a genuine concern. So if someone tells you that they will be reporting you to social services, you ask them for their PIN number mm -hmm. and you say that you will be reporting them for illegally reporting you yeah. to anyone. So it's going to be a reporting fest. Everyone will be reporting <laughs> everyone. Report me, I'm going to report you. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll report you too. Um, but yeah, so it is also illegal for us to conceal a pregnancy in the UK. But there is a very, like... It doesn't, it doesn't mean that if you're not engaging with the NHS, you are conciliar pregnancy. No. For you to be conciliar pregnancy, you would have to be like hiding your pregnancy from the whole world. But everything else, no, you're no. fine. You do you, you, you choose your own path for your pregnancy, your birth, and live your best life, essentially. Ooh, yeah. Go live your best life. Love this. I love it. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it too. Well, Listener. <laughs> Listener. I feel like some sort of like Christmas snack. Have you tried Cadbury's puds? No. What oh are they? God. So there was at the Christmas fair at the school. They did a, had a chocolate tombola, so we want these. So they come around like oh. They are my dream. You know, I love a chocolate with a bit of nuts in there. Oh, yeah. But they are Cadbury Dairy Milk chocolate balls with a truffle sensor, hazelnut pieces, and rice crisps. Well, that doesn't that sound delightful? All in one ball, you say? All in one ball. <laughs> what is the world coming to? This is this is glorious. Very, very much so. I did want to talk a little bit about what we've done with um, New Birth Club this year. Because yeah. we, we post our stats, don't we? Yeah, that's so true. So we need to do like a, a stat check at some point. Yes, we do. This will be 17 families supported throughout their birth journey. Several workshops purchased. Several, too many. That. Too many workshops purchased. Um, lots and lots. We can probably get some numbers for that. Like we can have a look. Um, but lots of uh, um, downloads of our free resources as well, which is always amazing. Like wherever we can, we try to give back to the community. Um, lots of power hours booked throughout the year. Uh, lots of consultations. Also, we started our volunteering with uh, Dula UK. So, ah, yes. doing that. Big plans for 2024. Big plans for 2024. We've been invited to um, guest speak at Pop That Fest, run by the wonderful Pop That Mama. Poppy has created this incredible event. And again, like, I just have to sometimes be like, uh us <laughs> are you 
you sure you want little old us? It's that imposter syndrome. But yeah. the calibre of guests speaking at that event, if you haven't got your tickets left uh, yet, and there are any left, because I know that they were really low, yeah. go check it out. It's in February because it, it's going to be sick. It will be great. And obviously we'll be there, which will make it even better. But I did an interview for Women's Health magazine nice. about doulas and that I think is coming out in January how exciting how exciting. It's, been a, it's been a very powerful year it has been a very powerful year very very amazing year so many um like we we've been part of so many different journeys whether that is like with expecting families or other birth workers as well like it, yeah it's just been amazing Thank you so much to everyone who has placed their trust in us to support you in any small or big way along your journey, because it has been, well, this is why we do it. It's an absolute honour to be invited into people's birthing, postpartum, pregnancy spaces. We fucking love it. We love it. Thank you so much. We have had a little message from one of our past clients sent in a little voice note shall we hear it yes let's hear it hello it's mr b here um i just wanted to say merry christmas and thank you for doing your podcast but most of all thank you for doing all you did to help bring our second child into the world so um we're really grateful and we always will be and i just want to say thanks so we'll catch you soon keep going bye If I was going to give a highlight for 2023, it would be starting this potty with you, my love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. One of the best things we've done since we've met. Yeah. We have (laughs) loved every minute of the potty. Um, Yes, stressful at times when we realised that we weren't actually recording after an hour of talking about birth. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't matter. We we resolved the issues. There is usually a solution. We just come stronger. The poddy started off as a like live interactive podcast on Instagram. Yes. So we would do Talk Birthly with us live Instagram. And that was great because we could interact with people that were watching and we loved that. But... I just, the re, the whole thing of MBC is to make quality birth education oh, yeah. and information as accessible as possible. And this is just such a fun way to do it. It I really absolutely is. absolutely love doing the podcast. I really, really love it. And it's like a, an informal yet comprehensive way to for people to access information. Yeah. So I've loved it. And actually, the podi came after a good year and a half of you guys asking for it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we, they're like, everyone that came over on Instagram, they're like, do you guys have a podcast? Like, oh, my God, no, you should totally go for a podcast. And we're like, oh, my God, more work. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. Wow, I don't even know um, how But we have not looked back. So, no. uh, we know for a fact that our podcast has been changing people's uh, birthing experiences. And we fucking love it. Yeah. We love that we are part of people's journeys, even without knowing them. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for engaging. Thank you for sending your your messages, your reviews. Feel free to leave more reviews if you're listening to this and you have not left one because it does really help 
us, the pod, it helps the potty grows as well, grow. So yeah, thank you. Special thank you to our incredible guests that we've had on the season this this year so far. Yeah. So we had our kids. Yes, we have had Loved our kids. Loved that episode. Yeah. We had um, Lucy, Lottie, Katrina, Katrina, sharing their amazing birth stories. We had Clea come on to talk to us about her breastfeeding journey. Yeah. Like, we don't want to just recreate information that you will find out there on other birth podcasts. We want to tackle the more kind of like unknown about issues, the more kind of like niche, niche topics. Because, for example, Dima. Dima's not that well known about. But no. got in touch with me to say, I'd be happy to share my experience with this. And I'm like, yes, because if it's impacting you, there is like such a chance that it is impacting other people yeah and if we can just reach one or two other people to say it's okay you're not alone and that provides a little bit of comfort or reassurance that is what we're here for yeah boss bitch bins they've been ace as well oh my god and like you know what i love the most because obviously we did a lot of the first boss bitch bins Mm. and then we started to invite guests into the potty and then we started to invite guests mm. to throw their own things in the boss bitch bin. And what I love the most is when we are there, we're explaining to them what the feature is, and then they laugh. Everyone yeah. loves the boss bitch bin. They're like, I love that. <laughs> and also, I, I always say like, oh, we're going to put you on the spot because you might not have prepared for this and blah, blah, blah. They are ready to chuck something oh in God. there. Yeah, no one has hesitated. Sometimes people uh, go, oh, it's a bit controversial. But I'm like, we're like, go for it, go for it, go for it. Um, And yeah, like people are loving the boss bitch bins. I love the boss bitch bins. But what I do love the most is that something happened fairly recently. Your wonderful husband wrote us a jingle. Actually, let's just take a little look back on how we have introduced <laughs> Boss Bitch Bin in this series <laughs> so far, because it's been questionable at times. It has been questionable, yes, yes, yes. Boss Bitch Bin Time. <laughs> Boss Bitch Bin Time. Boss Bitch Bin Time. Boss Bitch Bin. <laughs> There's a little harmony on that. Boss Bitch that was quite reserved for us it was wasn't it i'm not sure why we held back there but i love boss bitch bin and it is boss bitch bin time it's boss bitch bin time it's time for boss bitch bin boss bitch bin I reckon I could get Joe to write us a good old jingle, you know, and we could introduce a jingle. Yeah, let's do it's it. good with his words, that one. Right, anyway, boss bitch bin time. So, uh, the idea came to me some time ago that potentially it would be nice to have a little jingle to introduce this feature because it ain't going anywhere. We thought we'd trial it. We fucking love it, whether you do or not. Not really my business, but I do. <laughs> love doing it. So... My husband is actually somewhat of a um, poet, freestyler. He's, he's got away with words, that one. <laughs> that's um, how he got you. That's how he got me. And he, um, yeah, he wrote us a little jingle for the Boss Bitch Bin feature. Should we let people hear it? 
Oh, yeah. Okay. It will be our Christmas gift to, to people. People. Mm-hmm. You wrapping. <laughs> me. R- yeah. Can you call it wrapping? Not sure you can call it wrapping, but yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Boss bitch bin, everybody gather in. It's time to point out bullshit that we think to be a sin. So Prago's with his parents, everybody needs a win while we throw some stupid shit in the boss bitch bin. <laughs> yes, for a minute, my husband wrote a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> to only be fair so we asked so we asked our listeners if they had anything to throw in the boss bitch bin that they could send us a message and do so we had a couple um a couple had already been thrown in the bin so whilst they were very valued and we so agree in throwing them in the boss bitch bin we had to pick one we had to pick one and I think it was something in this lovely listener's voice that really grabbed me and I was like she needs this to go in the bin she, she does needs- yeah she does yeah. And- so, yeah let's do it let's let's let her let's hand over to her to rightfully throw this in the boss bitch bin hey ladies so I've got something I'd like you to chuck into the boss bitch bin for me and that is other people especially women actually not being supportive of pregnant women. So I don't know what it is, but I feel that as soon as somebody sees that you're pregnant, it's like they've got free pass to say whatever negative thing they want to you, whether it's about your belly, your body, your your, your face, um, your birth plan, absolutely anything, you name it, they've got an opinion on it. The worst one for me was a woman at work said, that if I didn't stop getting stressed out, I would lose my baby. And then I had the audacity to ask me later in the afternoon if I felt any less stress now. Anyway, leave that one with you. Please chuck it in the bin. Also, please keep the podcast coming. I really love the positive birth stories and the topics that you're covering and the F-bombs make it all the more better. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you for throwing that in the bin. Yeah, and we completely agree that does you to go in the bin in our wonderful boss bitch bin and then it can disappear from the world. Oh, yeah. Imagine it floating away until it gets teeny tiny and then it just goes. And it's as if it no longer, you know, it never existed. It no longer pains you or causes you any issues. It's gone. That is gone. That's something that you've done for you. Just get it in the bin. In the boss bitch bin. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to cover or talk about in this Christmassy special of Talk Birthy with us? I don't think so. I think that was great. Oh my God. You'd be really nice if Father Christmas just dropped a tattoo artist down my chimney. We will be taking a short break now. Very short. Don't worry. But we will be back and we have basically... <laughs> we will be back. Sounds like a threat. We will be back. We have reached out to some incredible people oh, to be yeah. like, do you fancy being on our podcast? And been astounded that they have all been like, yeah. Oh my God, honestly. And like genuinely, because 
we're a tiny little podcast. Yeah. We do our own production, if you can't tell. <laughs> and, um, you know, we can't afford to pay people. So this podcast and, you know, the episodes that, that, that come out, they are because those people have donated their time yes. to be able to get this information out there. So I think we need to say a massive, massive thank you to the guests, whether they, they be like in the professional sphere or you coming on and sharing your birth story. Yeah. Like we so, so appreciate you giving up your time and, and inviting us in in that way. Yep. Yeah. I, what, what she said. Shall we give a little sneaky peek of who's going to be Ooh. on in 2024? Yes, we shall. Some of these we've already recorded. So I'm Kemi Johnson. I wanted to be, um, well, I called it midwife at the time. Obviously, what a midwife is has changed. So um, I realised what I always needed to be was a birth keeper. Um, so I'm Liz, mum of three. Um, you know who I am, so this is really strange saying this to you. Um, so I'm Sally Ann Beresford and I am the author of two books, one of which is called Labour of Love, The Ultimate Guide to Being a Birth Partner. Um, and I have a podcast called The Ultimate Birth Partner Podcast. I'm the mother of four children and uh, three of them were born at home. I'm Dr Jenna Brough. I'm a perinatal clinical psychologist. Uh, I specialise in maternity care trauma and pregnancy after trauma, loss and infertility. So I'm Holly. I am a birth preparation hypnobirthing teacher in Western Supermare. Um, I've got three children and they are eight, six and two. I'm Carmel and I am a midwife by background uh, that I left and then gradually gradually moved into the kind of breastfeeding uh, realm and tongue-tie realm and so now I I am predominantly working with families postnatally. That I was that guy in the hazmat suit with you in lithotomy position you know being induced with an epidural washing off your bottom with betadine putting blue drapes on your legs and your belly, you know, all gowned up, catching your baby, immediately clamping the cord, showing this beautiful thing that you just created and then walking it over to the warmer and setting it down across the room. Yeah, so I'm Olivia. I am an NHS midwife. I work on a labor ward in a London trust. And I'm also an IBCLC, which is an international board certified lactation consultant. Total mouthful. Uh, and I've got three kids, basically. And some of them we are yet to, yet to record. But we will have Dr. Stu coming along to talk about some amazing things. Birthing instincts. Uh, midwife Bick. Midwife Bick. Oh. Megan Rossiter at Oh, bed. yes. Megan. Megan. We've Megan. just got so many amazing guests coming up so many more birth stories coming yes and for those who do enjoy it when it's just louisa and i having a good old <laughs> chat hitting the world to ride <laughs> there are going to be loads of those as oh well. yes we are not planning on stopping anytime soon because we love it we love 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 being here with you guys we love talking birthy with you so come back 2024 and talk birthy with, with us, us.
Thank you so much for joining us for our Christmassy special episode of Talk Birthday with us and our final episode of 2023. As discussed, we will be coming back with so much more for the pod in 2024 and we really hope you'll come back and talk birthday with us some more then. In the meantime, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Cheers. Cheers, my dear. All right, love. I love you. Bye. 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 Bye.